Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Today, we're going to be talking about the Singapore tour. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, all the players in our back and training back in the World Cup and preview the Chelsea game. We're also going to do something a little bit different at the end. I'm going to have James Tricker in from Australia talking about his World Cup experience. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the show. So, as I said, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, we're joined by Manny, uh, Mike and Scunthorpe. And also, a little later on, Johnny will come in and join us. Um, and after the break, uh, we're going to speak to James Tricker. James Tricker is uh, an avid Arsenal football fan who spent some time out in Russia at the World Cup. So it'll be really interesting to hear um, what he made of the whole atmosphere of the World Cup. Um, and what Arsenal players he actually saw and what games he got to see. Got to see. Uh, hope you enjoy it. If you do, remember uh, to do the usual. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. Evening, lads. So there was going to be four of us, and Johnny may jump in uh, later, but we've got Manny again, and we got Scunthorpe Mike. You can actually change your passport uh, passport to Scunthorpe Mike or Scunny Mike, whichever, whichever you want. Um, uh, just a short section, this one, and this time, unlike my intro last week, it will be um, a shorter section, which is going to be about a half hour. We're going to touch on the pre-season that we've done at Singapore against Atletico and PSG. Um, we're going to look at the players that are returning after the World Cup and back in training. And obviously, tomorrow evening, or this evening, when this will go up, um, we're playing Chelsea in um, the mighty country that is Ireland, my home country. Unfortunately, I can't get over there for that, but we'll we'll talk about that afterwards. So, evening, lads. Um, uh, how are we doing? We're good. I'm good. It's been a good day. You had to think about that, didn't you? There was such a big gap? No, no, I didn't. Um, I was kind of distracted. So, excuse me. <laughs> no, right. it's been a good day. It's been good. a good day. Mike, yeah, yeah, good. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, you know, I mentioned about the uh, tube that I was going to go down to, to London, and Johnny was oh, actually going to meet me up on Friday when I went, uh, that went down. On Thursday afternoon, I get a phone, phone call from the client going, uh, really sorry, but I know we've got a meeting booked for uh, 11-ish on, on Friday. Um, any chance that we can um, move it till maybe next month? I just got to go to see a client in Newcastle instead. And I said to the guy, I said, mm, yeah, it might inconvenience some people, but for me, it means I don't have to get on a 45-degree centerline tube for 50 minutes and get off and look like I ran through a swimming pool and sit in the meeting. So that was quite quite a good uh, good bit of a swerve. Um, you know what? Did you see the Q and A um, that TFL had regarding the Central Line, and how they said that they were going to have air conditioning on their trains in 2030? It's you down know? to the. It's down to with air conditioning. You need to vent a lot of um, the hot air, um, and it's the design of the Central Line more than any other line. It's the smallest bore. I'm a, I am a bore when it comes to these sort of things. It's, it's the smallest. Terrible. It's the smallest bore hole of a tube line and they can't actually fit the air conditioning units onto the tube carriages and have enough space for them to vent without overheating. Dan, they need to discontinue those trains because it is unbearable at that thing. 
It's terrible. It is. It is pretty. It's terrible. Pretty horrendous. But anyway, pretty horrendous. Um, yeah, you I think in this day and age, you'd sort it out, wouldn't you? Really, to be fair. Do they have that on 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 the um, Scunthorpe uh, fishing trawlers? Do they have? If, um, it's uh, not a fishing town. <laughs> well, Grimsby's nearby. That'll do, won't it? <laughs> no. Let's no. not go there. Okay. Okay. Have I touched a nerve? You might have, yeah. Not with just me, but if people live in Scunthorpe, if you mention Grinsby, it's not a good thing. Uh, what about Cleethorpes? No, same. No. No, well, same. I, I, it's just I've Grimsby. Got, I've got friends who live near Alford, uh, Mumby, near Alford, um, and I go, I go up there occasionally. Uh, we used to go up there quite a lot. You've got friends? Uh, I have got friends, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking surprise, really, isn't it? <laughs> And you know what else? My friends do manage to get a word in edgeways without me interrupting them. Don't believe you. I don't believe you either. I don't believe you at all. Mm-mm. We should make a thing of money and just uh, just interrupt him all the way through this, really. No, seriously, because he, he just cannot help himself. Literally, you can listen from, from the very first podcast, right, to last week's podcast. This man just he just can't stop. Just constantly, it's like it's like a, a disease. You just, uh, uh, you know, like well, for fuck's sake, can I finish my sentence before you jump in here? He's yeah, he, you're terrible. There should be repercussions for you interrupting. You know that I need to think of something. I'm gonna think of something in the next podcast. I'm gonna come back with repercussions for you interrupting, and you gotta stick to it. You done yet? I'm done, but you gotta accept. You gotta accept this, these terms before we can move on. I'm on a learning curve. Did I interrupt you on that last sentence? No, I didn't. So let's see how we go. You got to accept, accept, accept it, man. <laughs> right, repercussions for you interrupting. Mm, as long as it's not financial or beer, I'm fine. Uh, I, you could actually make me drink a beer. That would be dreadful. I no, I'll think of something. That. I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, Singapore. Uh, I watched the PSG game, the 5-1 against PSG. I saw, I followed some of the Atletico Madrid game um, on, uh, on, basically, I, I was, where was I? I was, I was down, I think I was down visiting my mum or something like that and seeing some friends uh, in London. And I and I saw some of that on, um, basically on Twitter and on the BBC website. Um, we drew against uh, Atletico and lost on a penalty shootout. Um, you could look at the penalty shootout and look at the negativity about the penalty shootout. Um, the fact that Inketia missed one, I think a couple of the, a couple of others missed uh, uh, penalties. But the highlight of the game was we dominated the game um, and we, we, we pressed and we played really, really well from the highlights I've watched. But um, young Smith Rowe, who apparently has just signed an extension to his contract, which is fantastic, he's turned down Barcelona. He's turned down uh, team after team after team to stay at There's Arsenal. There's no apparently. I'm going to interrupt you. There's no apparently. He has actually signed a contract. He has actually signed a contract. <laughs> Brilliant. So I just really wanted to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. He's just. <laughs> it's going to be like that, is it? Fucking hell. <laughs> um, but Smith Rowe has signed a contract, uh, but his goal was fantastic. I, I, I was speaking to some friends, and they were likening him to something like a Stephen Gerrard, the way he, he was like sort of penetrating through the midfield. Guys, did you did you see the highlights? Did you see goal snippets? Um, saw the highlights. Um, I was at work uh, while the game was going on, and um, yeah, I was, I was reading Twitter, um, and, you know, apparently we dominated the first half, but then, you know, conceded against the run of play. And then I went away for a bit, 
Can I remember? And then I forgot. I completely forgot the game was on. So I was like, "Oh damn! Hold on, let me let me check Twitter and see what's happening." And Twitter was going absolutely crazy over the Smith Rowe goal. Um, so me being the fiend that I am when it comes to Arsenal and goals, I went searching for it. Um, found it on Twitter. I was like, "Bloody hell!" It, it was quality the way he took it, ran out the defense and just top corner. He's quality. quite he's quite fearless, isn't he? Well, he's seventeen, well eighteen now. So you would you would expect that, you know, you come on. This is your first preseason tour. Um, you want to impress. You want to get your name out there. Um, so of course, of course, you'd be fearless at that age, you know. And the the thing is, he I told you um a couple of podcasts ago. I think he uh, he impressed me against Bournemouth. I mean, it was his touch. It was that the little bit of turn of pace. So he had something about him. Um, showed it against Atletico. Um, yeah, yeah, he's one for the future, for sure. Mike? Uh, well, <clears throat> if you look at it when Fabregas first started, he was only 16 when he started getting first-team football in the Prem. Um, with him True. being 17, 18 now, I think he's probably ready for it, if you look at it like that. Um, you got to look at people like Raheem Sterling and Sane and stuff like that. They were really young when they first started, and they're turning out really good. But uh, I think Smith Rowe is our... With the looks of him so far, I don't want to put too much hype into it, but he's looking like one of our new top quality players from our youth. Did the you youth system? You saw the goal as well, did you? And uh, yeah, yeah. I think Sky Sports played it about thirty million times at one point. It's, it's impressive for such such a it, young lad. It was really good, and I think people got to remember it is only a friendly. Yes. He's he is still learning. Um, just give him a bit of time. Let's not give him too much hype. Because uh, I don't think it's what he needs uh, to be overhyped like most young players do get a lot of the time, especially young English players being playing in England and in the Premier League. Just let him learn his trade, let him crack on and just watch him progress and turn out to the player he can be by the looks of things. And, and I think we should refer to him as Smudge Row from now on. No, I don't like that one. No, don't do that. That's do, you, crap. do you know what Smudge is? I know what a smudge is, yeah. Yeah, Alan Smith, his nickname was Smudge. No, don't Alan do that. Alan Smith was a striker no, for no. Arsenal. We know who Alan Smith just, is, mate. Just stop. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. You guys. I, you, no, no, no. Smith Rowe's good. I, I bet he you like but he, the PSG game and you like the green mint green shirts now, do you? Oh, that's awful. It's terrible. I prefer it the training so shirts. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That, that green top just looks like gone off mint and chocolate chip ice cream I, I don't like it <laughs> yeah. it's terrible and and the numbers behind it I, the numbers oh. are going to be illegal uh, oh. no I think they're just for the pre-season tour um, I, I remember discussing this with you on the um, on the forum on yeah. the forum yeah uh, I actually had a quick look into it the, the legal numbers for the Premier League are white oh, uh, the letters and numbers are white black navy blue and red and I think that's the only ones you can use good because uh, uh, with such a change in lineup and having different players and you've seen them from a distance you you can either see a white player or a black player and the only way I could tell the difference between Ramsey and Smith Rowe because we're both blonde haired similar stature was from a distance uh, Ramsey had a yellow flash in his boots and Smith Rowe had white boots and white ankles sort of thing so and, and you try and see a, n- a number on the back of a, a player that, that it definitely was wrong um, Ozil was captain in that game um, Ozil also gave the referee an autograph prior to the game. I, I made a thing of that on uh, on the forum. Um, I know it's a friendly. I know it's only it, it, it's just it's just a, a bit of fun. But 
the teams that are taking part in the international I don't know whatever trophy it's called champions trophy or um, the the teams that take the games seem to be extremely competitive for a pre-season people are going in quite hard and tackling and everything else so you know maintaining stand maintaining standards you would like to think that um, that that given it given the referee a signature would be uh, w- would be the the wrong thing to do we have been joined uh, by Johnny, how are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing very good. <laughs> now <laughs> I've got everything working. Okay, we 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 looked at Smithrow and the goal at Atletico, and we're just touching on the preseason game at PSG. We just started on that about Ozil being the captain, uh, him signing an autograph for um, the referee, which is always he had odd. a card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 did you make of the uh, PSG game then? So. I actually, did you watch it, first uh, of all? I did watch it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I sneaked off from site and went round to Tottenham Court Road and sat at a very quiet place with Wi-Fi and watched it on my phone. Uh, I thought it was a brilliant game, personally. I thought we, I know it was a depleted side, and you had the, you had the old uh, Arsenal old boy, uh, Lasana Diara, on the other side. Yes, uh, I thought it was a good game. I thought Gwen Doozy was a standout performer in that game. I, thought... I was going to ask um, yourself and uh, some of the other guys what you actually thought of uh, Gwen Doozy. So you tell me what you think, and then Mike and Manny jump in and tell us what you think of his, of his performance. One, his hair is spectacular. I love that. Yeah, I'm very jealous of his hair, to be quite frank. Uh, I don't think I've ever had hair like that, and I don't think I'll ever will have hair like that. But um, I thought his range of passing, his awareness uh, of uh, forward passing, as well as the usual backwards, sideways passing, was brilliant. For a, for a guy that's at that age, 18, 19, I think... Uh, and he, he, was playing, he, he was playing against many of his... Um... Uh, fellow teammate, I know he was uh, a Lorient player officially, but didn't he? Wasn't he on loan at PSG? I think. I thought he came through the the youth, or the youth like system that, right? at uh, PSG. Yeah, uh, and so he would have known some of the players that he was playing against. Mm. Um, uh, Mike, what did you make of uh, Guendouzi? Yeah, yeah, he looked really good. Uh, like I say, I caught the last twenty minutes, and then I uh, watched the highlights afterwards, and. Like Johnny was just saying, his passing was really good. His uh, awareness was, again, was really good. And and as you was touching up on there, yeah, he did come from the PSG youth. Um, it, in all fairness, he was, uh, he, <clears throat> he was, he was really good. I can't, you can't fault him. He played well. And was it his first game? I think that was his first game for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think with it, with it being his first game as well for us, it's uh, it's nice to. Get get in and get going straight away, and it's going to do him good for settling down as well. Would you have Ozil? It's a quick yes/no. Would you have Ozil as a captain next season? Um, Manny, first, what's your thoughts? Nope. Mike. No. Jonathan. Nope. Sam, that's a no from me. I listen. I think 
he's the top played uh, top played player in the club. Um, I can understand that being part of the reason and trying to give him a bit more responsibility. He's in the midfield. Uh, it's a good position for a player to be, to be a captain. I'd prefer a more defensive player to be a captain because they're further back down the pitch. Um, but Ozil needs... He's a really good player. He's a really talented player. But when he's not having a good game, he drops his shoulders. He, he shrugs things off. and He just... I don't think... Uh, would enthuse me uh, and lead me. I don't. I don't think. I get what Emma is trying to do with having the five um, captains. Uh, with what he said, he wants five captains. I get it. I don't necessarily agree with it because I don't. I think there should be just one captain and a vice captain, and that's it. Agreed. Um, there shouldn't be five. But I get where he's coming from with it. It's a new club to him. There's all these new players. There's all the players that have been around Arsenal for a long time, like Ozil, he's been there for a few years now, there's Ramsey, uh, there's Peter Cech um, again, and there's still Koscielny there, whether he gets a game or not is a different matter, but he's technically still our captain according to well, from what Emery was saying. Uh, so I get, where, I get where he's coming from, don't interrupt. <laughs> um, yeah, so I get where he's coming from with it, but I, I just can't agree with it. I'm not interrupted. I'm just waiting for somebody else to come in because I got told off otherwise. Go on, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that um, cream rises to the top. And I think that a captain should be head and shoulders, uh, uh, you know, one of our best players, best leading players. And I don't think there's someone that's really standing out. I mean, people have said about Ramsey, uh, but I think that's more of a bargaining chip. Uh, and it's like best of a bad bunch from what we had last year. But I think really with the five captains, I think it's more uh, an encouragement for those other players like uh, Socrates and, uh, you know, even Monreal and, uh, you know, these other experienced leaders. I mean, um, Lichsteiner, He's not going to start a free game. Socrates is more likely to start uh, a, a game, you know, pretty much every week. He were you impressed? Were you impressed with him? Sorry for interrupting, but it, I couldn't help myself. Socrates, I thought was meh yeah, at best. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Um, I wasn't too. He didn't impress me, but he didn't disappoint me either. Which is probably um, what he's been brought in to just steady it up. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And uh, to touch on the the, the captaincy thing, um, I agree with with Mike on this one. I agree with Mike and Johnny on this one. I don't think that there isn't anyone who stands out um, to be captain. Um, this this five captains this five captains thing could be that he hasn't identified one person himself. Um, Ozil should definitely not be in in there because you know when you need to. He needs to pull his socks up. He doesn't do it. So no, Ramsey definitely not. So um, he's got a hard job, you know, to to find that that leader in that in that bunch, you know. So good luck to him. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. So Laka got a brace. Um, Smith Rowe scored again, and Eddie got a goal in. Um, Smith Rowe did not score again. He no, assisted. No, sorry, sorry, he assisted to um, Lacquer's Lacquer's goal. Yes, that's right. Smith, but Smith Rowe again, an outstanding performance. Again, he only came on for the last fifteen twenty minutes, I think it was, but um, he doesn't have to make an impact when he comes on. I I 
do hope he gets more time in the Europa League um, and maybe a few games against some lesser opposition in the Premier League. I don't expect to see him starting against Man City, Chelsea or even West Ham. I'd um, like to see him against these big clubs, to be fair. I think it'll do him the world of good as well. Is it not too much too soon? No, not really. I don't think so, personally. Like I said, like I said to you before, you had um, Fabregas, who started, and he started when he was 16. And he has been... He was amazing for us before we left. But we have got other young players who are on that fringe, like the Maitland Niles. You know, we, we, there are other players, and they've probably... they've had their game time as well. Sorry yeah, for interrupting, yeah. Ferguson. No, 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 no. It's a conversation, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they have had their game time against the big clubs, um, so I think he deserves a shot at least. No. Even if even if it's just more for experience, Mel, than anything else, and I think he'd get a kick out of it, and I think it's something new. To send to the likes of Manchester clubs, Chelsea, Spuds, and <laughs> whoever else. Well, we we play Chelsea, don't we? We play Chelsea tomorrow night in Dublin. Um, uh, I know there's a few guys uh, from the forum going there. Keith um, of Fogarty's going, and Glenn is going. Uh, there's a few others on some other other uh, Facebook groups that are, are going. The Arsenal away boys are going, and there's a few other guys over in Ireland. I would. Smith Road to start. Um, Granite Shaka's back. Um, you know, there's. Well, let's before we even look at the Chelsea game, let's look at the the, the World Cup uh, players that have come back. I think they're all back now. Um, I don't think we've got any players left because Taria and Listiner um, came back for training today, and Granite's been back, and obviously Ozil has been out the pre-season. Welbeck. Yeah, Forgot I was going to say Welbeck hasn't come back yet, has he? Did Welbeck go to the World Cup? Oh, he did, yeah, for about 30 seconds, didn't he? <laughs> no, but he went anyway. And then because, he went anyway. Yeah, because England got to the semis, you know, got extra time off, even though he didn't he didn't get on the pitch that much, but the fact that he trained and did this and that. So, yeah, he'll probably be back in the next week or so, maybe. He's going to really struggle getting back on the pitch for Arsenal. I don't I don't see him wearing an Arsenal shirt again, unfortunately. I think he's, I don't. I think he's going... Um, the transfer window closes in what is it? Nine, ten days. Now, ten yeah. days. Yeah, uh, it closes eight days on today. Eight days today. So yeah, the transfer window closes in eight days. Um, although it's still open for people to buy our players, like if Ospina wants to go or Welbeck wants to go and and the likes. Um, Abroad, uh, they can go abroad though. Abroad, uh, abroad, yeah. In, in the UK is closed, but like if they want to go yeah. abroad, or if they want to go to Spain, Europe, wherever they can go. Um, in the loan uh, things, an extra week on it as well, uh, where you can loan players. The loan goes to mid September, I think. That's yeah. down to the the championship and stuff. So like if that. they don't get sold, I can see a lot of them going on loan and then maybe sold next year or in January. Yeah, they, they, there's got to. You know, we've only let really Cazola go on a free on a free. Um, because it's his end of contract uh, and Jack Wiltshire we let go at the end of his contract there's nobody else really gone okay there's some peripheral players th- throughout the squad but we've still got a lot of not necessarily Deadwood because it's a bit harsh but you know outer fringe players and, and some of the youth players are coming in and, and enforcing themselves in more into a, in, into a position so I don't know. The, the 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 final question over the transfer window really is is, is Rambo. Um, 
what I know we've mentioned it time after time after time after time after time infinitum. Um, what do we do with him? Do, you know, I, I, I watched some of his performances, um, in particular against PSG, and I found that sometimes he was he was quite disinterested. Not disinterested, but he was quite attacking and attack-minded. But he seemed a, a, a bit, like, you know... Disinterested. The, the, the weak link in, like, the reinvigorated yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, I'm, 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 I'm very... Or I'm going to be very blunt about this one. Either sign or fuck off, honestly, because... Can't that, argue. Because done are the days where, where players should be allowed to hold the club to ransom. Either you want to be there or you don't. His interview that he gave, um, you know, during preseason, where he's like, "Oh, my, my agent is sorting out and stuff like that," or we, we're trying to figure out um, something out, and I'm, I'm just like, "Well, you're the player. What the hell do you want? You know, and and get it sorted. Either you want to sign or you don't. You know, well, he and, make, and he, he would make proper eye contact, and for me, that says loads. I, I deal with people every day of the week, so I, yeah, and then, I look then at there those you go interrupting things. again. No, just, I'm not. Just, it's part of a conversation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was just about to say it was interrupting. Go on, you fucking carry on, you two. <laughs> no, well, I was, I was going to say this, because um, I was listening to, to another podcast and somebody mentioned this, when Ozil's contract was all over the place and people were like, oh, um, why won't he sign? And, you know, he was coming out and saying, he, you know, he loves the club and this and that. You're not getting that sort of vibe from, from Ramsey. So for me... To sign or get rid and then replace and then that's it. We can't be held to ransom, especially for that guy. There's a there's a uh, a story that's come out today, which I think is really interesting because Ramsey has always said he'd like to play abroad. He he, he has talked about Gareth Bale going abroad and he, what a good example he is, uh, etc. And a, a story's come out today about um, Barcelona possibly wanting him. And uh, a swap deal with uh, Dembele, with I think probably Rambo plus a bit of cash uh, might be in the offing. And to I'm be honest, when you really that, yeah. think about it, that's a good idea. You know, he's in his last year of his contract. Dembele is a player that we'd we'd love to have. We've got enough cover, I think, in in the middle of the field with the signings that we've got. And the the of the youth products coming through like like uh, Maitland Niles and uh, Torreya and even Smith Rowe, you know he's come, you know he's he's t- taken a step up and he's showing that he's ready for some minutes. And there's other players like Willock and so on to come. So I think I, I, we could stand to lose him and gain a winger. I think that would be a, a good signing. Oh, oh for a winger, oh for a winger. We've been t- we've been praying that for a winger for. Fucking forever, forever. Finally, yeah. guys, um, the, the Chelsea game. Who's watching it? Is it on TV again? A yeah, I don't know what channel. Probably Premier again because Virgin are trying to Hoover up um, a load of uh, pre-season stuff to make up for them losing um, watch TV and UK play and all that sort of stuff. So. Because uh, they're tired. We haven't lost much then, have they? Really? <laughs> no, not really. But we get we get Premier Sports free for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, I think it is. So it uh, uh, the fact that it's had some Arsenal pre-season is worth it. Otherwise, I'd never watch it anyway. So, uh, what sort of lineups do we expect you'll have then, Mike? Uh, me, I reckon it'll be a strong lineup at the start. I reckon you're going to see Torreira play. You're going to see Leno in goal, um, Socrates, and 
possibly Chambers maybe in the back. Good, yeah. Uh, Lichstein, I think Lichstein will get a game as well. I think he'll start. Ahead of Bellerin? Yeah. And uh, only, only because it's pre-season and he hasn't played yet, so I reckon that's why he'll start. And I think it'll be a good thing for him as well because it's... Uh, It'll be his first game for uh, playing in an Arsenal shirt, and what can't come good for that? And what of uh, Kolasniak? Uh, I found him uh, the worst player against PSG, um, mm-hmm. simply because he was slow and he just he just looks like a tank that's running around, and the, the game's running past him because he just can't keep up with it. Yeah, he doesn't really seem the best defensively, does he? Um, well, good thing Monreal is back, you know, so I think he'll, he'll start against Chelsea as well. I think all the guys who just came back from the World Cup will, will start tomorrow, um, just get like a half in them and then, you know, move on. Yeah. And and talking of Chelsea, Johnny, um, or Mike, whoever wants to, to pipe in. Oh, I was just about to say about Klasniak, he's not a wing-back. He'd be better off if you played a back three, and he'd be better off in that back three rather than a wing-back. He's not quick enough to be a wing-back. He's not. He, he's strong, and I, I liked him a bit like uh, Mustafi when he first came to the club. Um, really liked him. I loved it. Like We all were raving. Uh, he's a tank, and he was tearing people up, and he was taking people out and everything else. But on, on Chelsea, uh, briefly, um, what the fuck is state are they in? You know? Who cares? Yeah, but it, it's a great opportunity for us. Um to leapfrog them into fifth, and then Man United are in a bit of a uh, a shit state as well. So it looks like if we connect and Aubameyang is top scorer, which I think he will be, Lacazette won't be far behind, um, we could, and this is probably a, a debate even for an, the next podcast about previewing the season, but it looks like I've put a bet on for us to win the league. I don't think I'm going to win. Um but I can see us getting third. What do you guys think about like the Chelsea and Man United situations? I think Chelsea, I think they might surprise a couple of people uh, in the next week and going out and um, picking up a couple of players. And they'll probably, if Ramsey becomes available on the market, they will go for him. There isn't any doubt because he's a top level uh, midfielder, in my opinion. And he counts as homegrown. It's a win-win for for them because they need to boost their homegrown numbers. That's How much did we get for him? I think anything less than forty million, we'd hold on to him until next summer. In honesty, because uh, really, just let him go for nothing. We let him go for nothing. Anything less than forty, because if he had four or five years left on his contract, you'd be you'd be looking at over fifty in this current market, which is absolutely bloody crazy you, if he's going to go inside the EPL I'd go over 60 65 because it's the homegrown status of a player plus his quality uh, and his familiarity with the league uh, it's like I was saying on, on our, uh, our our chat group I think people might be underestimating the familiarity of the league and not having much need for uh, adapting to the league is worth an extra 10, 20 million to a team. If they, yeah, they, 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 they often say about, you know, uh, about Miang, for example, and, and different players take, take time to adjust, um, 
adjust to the league and the Premier League and, and building up and getting to the pace and the strength and everything else. Ticket prices for the game, ridiculous, 60 quid for a pre-season friendly. You know, and on, added on top of that, you've got fucking eight quid a pint, I think, in Dublin. And if you go to Temple Power, you could be looking at nearly a, a tenner. I suppose the final question, go on, Mike, you were going to say yeah, something. I was going to say, yeah, 60 quid a ticket is ridiculous for a friendly. They should have just left it what they do on the, in the Premier League, for instance, on away games, 30 quid. Yes. And you know what? I think you would have an awful lot more people travelling from London. I know there's quite a few people in Ireland. Ireland has a huge Arsenal support. Um, well, you I probably don't... get a lot of people travelling from wherever, to be fair, because there's, there's Arsenal fans all over the country. And I think the ones, especially near it, on the West Coast, would definitely travel to Dublin for 30 quid. And how yeah. much is a ferry to get across there now? It's probably cheaper just to jump on a plane. You can no, jump on the that, plane. Oh, there's yeah. that as well, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you would have done uh, for 30 quid. I know it's only an extra 30 quid on top of that, but... It, yeah, but when would you add your are, beer and your flight? Yeah, and, exactly, yeah. You know, it all, it all adds all up. Gets, yeah, it all gets up. And it, it, you, it's ready we go, 59.95, and you go, oh, fucking hell, that's like 70 euros or something like that. And you go, that's steep for a pre-season. And, we're, you know, the, the season start, starts a week later. The most important question, and people who uh, are on Arsenal Tickets Facebook page and who are on Arsenal Away Boys Herds, quite a lot of them will, will have heard of Jazz Rye. Uh, I know Jazz. Jazz is a lovely guy. But yeah, love Jazz. Now. <laughs> What's that? Love Jazz. Yeah. He's a top bloke. I bumped into <laughs> him he, at Wembley a couple of times at the uh, semi and the, and the final. He's on a, f- and who was he sporting on those on those ones? Um, but <laughs> uh, he's 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 on a top wind up at the minute. He does. He he lives down uh, South London. So, but I've known him to be at Arsenal for years and years and years. But he does go to Chelsea, and uh, he does keep on going on about how good Ashley Cole is and chasing the Champions League. And no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> who's he going to be uh, I've never had any dealings with him so I'm going to have to say no comment <laughs> Jazz is great for tickets I just hope he's supporting Arsenal not Chelsea and if he is supporting Chelsea I hope he's fucking miserable at the end of it and also hopefully he's miserable if he's supporting Chelsea in the league uh, the charity shield isn't that Man City versus Chelsea yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it is yeah yeah, yeah. guys just been short brief anybody else anything to add it's been there's, there's not a huge amount of talk about really um what i am going to do is i'm going to be talking after the break um with um james tricker in sydney and james was out of the world cup and he saw uh nine games in russia and um uh, just to hear a bit of his experiences and uh about uh the tournament the atmosphere the fans the uh, the culture, the the way he was received, and obviously he was out with the Socceroos, uh, and he got to some England games as well. So it will uh, it will be good. Thanks a lot, guys, and we will be back up to normal speed probably next week or the week after. Well, obviously the week after the season starts, and we'll go from there. Thanks a lot. Speak to you soon. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. He is a box in the box, a tapping merchant, an Arsenal podcast. And he did it brilliantly. He did the job that he was meant to do. By Arsenal fans. I don't like the idea of selling to a rival. For Arsenal fans. How can you wish for Arsenal to lose? This is your Arsenal podcast. He will score the ugly goals. He's class. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Harry Kane got so good now, he's ready to go for a big pub. I've just seen the headline. Wow. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons.
and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. So, welcome back, everybody. Um, James has joined us all the way from Sydney, Australia. James, how are you doing? Yeah, great. How are you, Fergus? Not too bad, not too bad. It's now the morning here. We recorded the, the first half yesterday evening uh, with Johnny and uh, Manny and, Je- and um, Mike. Uh, and it's now early in the morning. It's late afternoon in Sydney. What, yep, we're, 5.30. We're quite wa- 5.30. We're quite warm here. And you're complaining about being cold out there. Ha ha, delighted. Yeah. It's not often you hear that from an Australian to someone in London, but there you go. And you were on the podcast before. You were back with us. Uh, I think your last one, which was an Aussie Gooner, um, played around April time. Yep. And uh, you've been over. We met uh, up in Middlesbrough um, for Borough Away a couple of seasons ago. So that's how, how we've met. Um, and you were at the Australian tour last year. Your uh, West Sydney Wanderers supporter yep. is your local team. So yeah. Um, yep. Go on. I'll let you talk. Yeah, well, Wanderers are, I guess, my second team, Arsenal being the first one, but um, good to see them both play when they uh, when they came out. Um, it's not often you get to see Arsenal in Australia, um, so yeah, that was great. <laughs> and you're a bit of a, a soccer nut, really, aren't you? Or a football, football nut, aren't you? Yeah, I try so hard to call it football here, but you just get strange looks because it's firmly soccer to 90% of the population, so... Um, yeah, I think that's it. It was the same in Ireland when I was a kid. Football was Gaelic football, uh, and yeah. uh, soccer was soccer. So I I got used to calling it football here now. Yeah. Um, so, go on. Yeah, it's a shame. But uh, if you call people, if you say football here, everyone thinks you're talking rugby league or Aussie rules or one of the other other codes, I guess. No. An oval ball rather than a round ball. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you follow you followed the Socceroos out to to Russia. Now many people would have thought, shit, you've gone to Russia before the tournament. There was all sorts of scare stories and fear stories in the UK, especially. Um, mm. But you went out there and you you spent what about two three weeks out there most of the tournament, didn't you? Yeah, well, it was the same here. Like ninety percent of the people you spoke to were saying the same things. You know, Russia is going to be terrible, dangerous. Look after yourself. Or you're brave. That sort of thing. Um, like I guess our media is not as anti-Russia as the UK or the US, but there still definitely is that vibe. Um, but yeah, I was there for four weeks, just maybe just a touch under. Um, and yeah, loved it. Thought it was fantastic. Couldn't be more the opposite of what I had been told. So, well, to be honest, I think that that was the the way it transpired. For me, it was my most enjoyable World Cup ever. The one I got the yep. most involved in, um, and I thought the, the the coverage and the the way the fans in the stands seemed to mix, and it just looked it looked like a festival of football. And I think that's what the tournament's meant to be about. You, how many cities did you go to? I know you went to was it nine games? We went to nine games, but two of them were in the same city, so seven cities all up. Okay, um, which would you say your favourite city was, and why? Uh, Moscow's excellent, um, and St. Petersburg, obviously the two big main cities out there. Um, but the the smaller cities are great too, like the culture and food and buildings, all that sort of thing in Kazan, um, were awesome. So- Sochi's amazing. N- nothing like I would expect to see in Russia. It felt, uh, more like Asia than Europe, to be honest. Okay. Why was um, that? 
oh, just right on the water, palm trees, tropical feeling weather. Like it just, yeah, it was not what um, sprung to my mind when I thought uh, Russia, to be honest. And it's on the Black Sea, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, again, the the media over here were were raving about Sochi. Said it was just like such a resort place to go to, and they would go yeah, back again. Yeah. Uh, food, I think, was hit and miss for some people. Um, I, I, I know could some... not disagree more with the food. The food's excellent. Some of the best. Okay. Um, like we were there for a month, and I didn't have a single bad meal. All wonderful. And what 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 was it? Like, I've never been to Russia. I've been to yep. Eastern Europe and places, but how would you describe? what it was like uh, it was multicultural so like we would often have the standard sort of food that you would get in other countries you know italian indian sushi chinese all that sort of stuff and then a big europe eastern european sort of um influence too, like georgian serbian that sort of stuff um but like russian food itself tended to be a bit strange like um and it varied from city to city. I remember in Kazan, horse was big on the menu, um, which okay. is not something so got, that I'm used got a to at all. There, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like it was good. I'd, yeah, loved the food. It's excellent. And you went to see um, the eventual world champions, uh, yeah, France, yeah. play the the Socceroos. Um, I thought personally, I thought. Australia were unlucky in that game. Yeah, we, we played well, um, and I thought France didn't play that well. So that sort of made it a bit bit more even. But um, yeah, it, it, despite losing, we still had a great time. That was in Kazan as well. Um, like I said, great city, excellent stadium. Um, yeah. And, and there was how many? There Was, was there 10,000 Aussies out there? I heard different numbers get thrown about, but I think, the Kazan Stadium maybe had like a capacity of 40,000 and it felt like two-thirds were Australians at that game. So, uh, we had to have more than 10,000, I would think. Um, like, we, and it, obviously, obviously, there's a fair amount of Russians in the crowd too. It just, if you compared Australian to French at that game, we severely outnumbered the French, I would say. Well, I was going to say that even the South Americans and and the Australians and and, mm. and I think if, maybe not the Japanese, but um, yeah. it seems the Europeans definitely stayed away from the tournament. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that. It, that seemed to be the theme for because we we saw Portugal, Spain, Belgium, France. Off the top of my head, those guys all um, seemed really underrepresented, fan wise. I thought. Um, like for the size of their country and the stature in like world football of those teams. But um, yeah, like the smaller countries and South Americans and uh, Mexicans and, and Mexicans and Moroccans and like all the, these sort of Panama even like, yeah, definitely showed up in numbers. Those, those sort of um, less known footballing countries, I guess. Um, and, and um, the how how did the players and uh, sorry the the fans mix like did you, did you like enjoy each other's yeah. company sort of thing and yeah yeah I, I got on tremendously well with pretty much every set of fans that we came came across like it's a weird thing like the World Cup there's 32 different nations of fans all there and they're all on holidays and that sort of puts you in a different mindset and a different mood like how you react with people I guess. 
you know, everyone's um, relaxed to some extent there to have a good time. Um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, the fans were excellent. And you went, as I said, nine games. You went to see Portugal, Morocco, Spain, Morocco, Belgium, Panama, England, Panama, the 6-1. Yep. Um, Belgium, England, that was the first game with the uh, the group stage, was it? That was the last game of the group stage. That was the one where yes, they all that- rotated and it was like watching yeah. the B squads. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Australia, Denmark, yep. Spain, Russia and Belgium, Brazil, which must have been a great game. Of those nine, obviously the Australian games are going to be high up there, I suppose. Mm. But what would you say your favourite game was of, of those nine? Uh, Spain, Russia was pretty special. That that main stadium in Moscow, I think it's about 80,000 capacity and it was, you know, 99% Russian for that game. And for them to win in a penalty shootout, like, that's that's pretty up there. Um I guess foot- footballing-wise, the Brazil-Belgium game was really good. Um, I wanted Belgium to win too, so that was res- like the result sort of makes the day, I guess. And um, like Russia didn't expect to go through, and especially playing Spain. You know. m- most Russians I spoke to like early in the tournament and throughout the group stage, they didn't even expect to get through the groups. So to make it to the quarterfinals for them was massive, and. Like really, they were a couple of penalty kicks against Croatia away from being, you know, in the in the semis, and then who knows what after that. But I think um, if you get to the semi-finals and you got the the, the crowd and the belief behind you, you know, you yeah, can carry yeah. yourself right through to the final. And then the final is just it's a one-off game, isn't it? You know, you can never tell who's yeah. going to win that. And so. if they beat Croatia, they would have played England. So we all know how England do in semis and big games, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and you went to see the England-Panama game. How was that? Did you see many uh, England fans? There was some out there, I think. Yeah, uh, of the European countries that we saw, England was the most well-represented, for sure. There was plenty of English there. Obviously, I guess not as many as if it was in a different country to Russia, but um, yeah, they were there. Good fun, good voice. They got the little brass band at the back, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. The, the England games were thoroughly enjoyable. And that, that Panama game, there were some excellent goals um, in that six that they scored. So that was that was great, yeah. And who of the of the teams that you saw, I suppose, finally on the World Cup, who would you rate as... Obviously, France won it, and they yep. built up slowly and so on. Uh, Germany and all the big boys went out early on. Who would you, who would you say was your team of the tournament, and for what reason? Uh... It depends if you're talking in terms of footballing or just how I felt about the whole thing. Like, I think the biggest overachievers would be Russia. Um, And obviously, being the home country, I sort of fell a bit in love with that whole story and how well they were doing, that sort of thing. Um, But uh, I I really enjoyed watching Belgium, I guess. Um, And yeah, in the end... Go on. Yeah, in, in the, the end, end, I think England were so close, but just a little bit too far. I, I don't know. Um, I think that's what you get when you maybe have too many Tottenham players in your starting eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Spurs did up, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was yeah. funny, even um, in a World Cup winning side, Lloris still managed to Spurs it up in the final. <laughs> he did. Um, I, I, I actually quite rated Croatia and Belgium. They were my... F- uh, 
best two teams, I think. Uh, mm. And it would have been quite good to see a Croatia-Belgium final, although I, I wanted England to get through there as well. Um, my favourite game, obviously the Spain-Portugal game, but I enjoyed the... Even though I was supporting uh, Germany as a, a second nation, um, I enjoyed the Mexico-Germany game. So I don't know if you got to see that on TV out there. Or yeah, something. yeah, I saw that. Uh, it's one of those games where some people don't like the clash of styles, but seeing Germany dominate a game and Mexico like fighting on the counter-attack, I, I, I like that sort of thing. It's really good. Um, and yeah, it was exciting. And I would have loved Germany to do well. They were one of my teams that I wanted to do well in the tournament. Just I feel like especially Arsenal have that German influence at the moment and obviously Ozil in the in the squad but wasn't to be we we touched on Ozil and his treatment uh, in a previous podcasts what did you did you pick up on any of that out there or yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. um oh in Russia you mean uh not yeah. really no we didn't see a German game unfortunately we just didn't manage to be able to get a get a ticket to see them um but there was a couple of games where, especially in, I think, the quarterfinal we saw, Brazil-Belgium, there was a lot of German fans who'd booked tickets expecting Germany to make make it to that game. Um, and they still dressed up in their German kit and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it is funny. Like, you see a lot of um, a lot of teams or a lot of sets of fans will have jerseys with numbers on the back and names on the back and that sort of thing. And... Um, obviously it would stick out to me to see an Ozil jersey or something, a German Ozil fan or whatever, but you just don't see it. So maybe that's just something that's sort of sticking in my head now with everything that's come to light about him and like the racism stuff. But yeah, I guess you do get that feeling, especially when he's on the losing side that he's not accepted by them. Um, but yeah, it's been really encouraging to see how, I guess the Arsenal fans have reacted. So, um, yeah, everyone seems to be right behind him on, on our side of things. And Arsenal players, did you get to see any Arsenal players play while you were out there? Yeah, we got to see Welbeck for about 10 or 15 minutes off the bench, but <laughs> um, he, he had one or two chances, which I would have loved to see him get a goal, but oh well. <laughs> That's Welbeck, I guess. Yeah, will he, will he be still here at the uh, at the close of the transfer window, do you reckon? Uh, I, I'd be keeping him as a squad player, but oh, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised or that upset if he left. Um, and yeah. talking about talking about our one love of Arsenal, um, what do you make of the new manager? Or what do you think? What, like we haven't really spoken uh, about what you think. A few minutes on 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 that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I like the look of everything so far. Everyone seems to be. Um, really getting behind what he's trying to bring in in terms of like the pressing and that side of things. Um, I guess we always um, seem to be critical of Arsenal players when they are on the losing side, especially that they don't put in the effort, there's no heart, there's no desire. And I think um, the whole hard work and pressing style that Emery's trying to bring in, that should at least help to alleviate some of those problems that are pretty clear for even like a... Uh, us fans to see, let alone like professionals in the game. Um, in terms of like, this? yeah, in terms of transfers, I just I don't think they're at the level to be. They're not title winning transfers, if if that makes sense. Like they're very much Europa League level transfers, which to be fair mm -hmm. is where we're at at the moment. Um, but having said that, 
they they could prove me wrong, and I hope they do. Did you see any of the Singapore tournament? Because uh, the times of the games were probably more suitable for you. Uh, yeah, nine thirty p.m. kickoff. That's. I wish there was more of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I watched maybe half the Atletico Madrid game, um, and then sort of lost interest I did, I when did. they did the full eleven substitutes and thought, oh, "I'll turn this off now." Um, uh, and yeah, I watched the same about half of the PSG game. I think. They, they they look good so far, but both Atletico and PSG were playing sides just unrecognisable to what they would normally play. Like they're obviously not as far ahead in their preseason as we are. Also, more of their players appeared in the World Cup as well, and yeah, yeah, the latter yeah. the latter stages of the World Cup. Um, PSG having French players and Mbappe etc. in there. So, yeah. um, what? What did you make of like um, you touched on the transfers that you we've taken Listeiner in uh, Socrates obviously uh, Mavropanos Mavropanos we saw a bit of last year because he came in in January. Um, mm. What did you make of uh, Socrates for example and Kolasniak and and Licksteiner hasn't played yet for us. Mm. I'm expecting him to play tonight maybe. Yeah, I, I'm a bit worried about. Um us defensively still like it's one thing to press as a team and get that whole thing happening but we just look error prone at the back players like I think I said it to you the other day uh, Kalasinac and Mustafi if you have that in your as your back four you've got two players who are you know liabilities more or less like um, it's it's hard to say well, Kalasinac just seems to be he's too He's too much of a bulky guy for the speed. Uh, we touched on, mm. on it uh, last night, and um, I think it was Manny. It might have been Manny. I don't know. It was Manny or Mike come along and said he's not really suited as a wing back. Uh, he should be playing some, somewhere else on the pitch. Yeah, I don't know where else you play him unless. I guess he was more suited to when we had the back three and he had more. He was out wide and had less defensive responsibility, but. I don't think it's to do with him being bulky or anything. He's not particularly slow. I think it's it's more just the reading of the game. It seems he's maybe a split second behind. Um, like you saw players like um, Murtasacker in his prime. He was as slow as you'll get, but the first couple of steps for a defender are all in the head. And I just I just think he's not quite up to the level of. Um, some of the wingers that come up against him. Like you saw, I think it was against PSG, he gave away the penalty. Uh, I couldn't even tell you who that PSG player was. A relative no one by, you know, their And he standards. was skinning him alive. He was roasting him, yeah. Um, which is a real worry when you think, what, game one, he'll be f- if he's in the starting squad, he'll be up against Mares, and then the next week it could be Hazard or Willian, you know, like, that's it's a bit of a worry, um, and I think oh, you're for, this, for this season at least, I think Monreal has to still be the starter, unless we buy another left back at some point. Um, I, I doubt that'll happen this season. Do you um, think? Do you think we're done with uh, purchases? Yeah, I think we still really need a a wide attacker. Um, yeah, we're, we've all been crying out for a winger for months, yeah. and, and, and to be honest, if uh, th- this won't happen, but I, I would love to see a top, top, top level centre-half. Someone with Premier League experience, which obviously that's hard to do, but... Um, Maguire? I, I would take Maguire. I thought he was excellent at the World Cup. Um, playing in a back three was a bit different, but he's obviously been doing it for Leicester. Um, 
That that would be great. I don't think it'll happen, like I said. But no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I don't think so either. And what I did you the, make of the, the young young fella um, with the mad hair, Gwendozi? Uh, yeah, I thought he was. He looked good in that first game against Atletico, but that dwelling on the ball and getting pressed and losing possession. Like, how many times have we seen Xhaka do that and been punished? Um, so, hopefully, he can iron that out. Um, because it won't be as forgiving in the Premier League. He, he definitely looked better in the second game against PSG, though. Um, I, I still think he looks pretty young and raw, but early signs are quite promising, I think. And Socrates? Maybe a touch slow, but like I said before, it's all in the head with the, the, the centre-backs especially. Um, it's just... He seems maybe a little bit rash in the same way as even Koscielny and Mustafi are, like, they seem too keen to jump in for a side tackle. Um, but, yeah, I think it's definitely a good bit of experience to have in there. I, I'm still very interested to see how we we set up our back four. Like, I think Bellerin's probably nailed on starter for the start of the season. Um, but I'm not sure about the rest. Yeah. And I suppose Ramsey is probably the the only one that... Do you think he'll sign? Do you think if he doesn't sign, do you think what do we do with him? Uh, I, I want him to stay. I think the club want him to stay as well. I, I think it's just... We, we sort of set a precedent in that last window or two with um, especially Mesut Ozil. He's done the, you know, leave the contract late and he gets the biggest contract in the club's history by a mile. Um Ramsey's probably thinking to himself, you know, I, I was voted player of the season last season. Um, maybe I'll just do the same thing as, as Ozil. And, and to be honest, if you were Ramsey, you'd probably do the same thing, you know, wait and see how this new management pans out. Like if we flounder around and don't improve, um, you really couldn't blame him for leaving and moving on to different um, a different side on a free transfer. Like just... And you, you touched on, if he does that. You touched on Ozil. We we said earlier in the in the podcast. Um, we talked about Ozil as captain. Quick one line answer: Would you make him captain? Uh, I wouldn't. I think you guys have talked about it before. I think a captain should be a central midfielder or a centre back. As um, maybe silly as that sounds, I think we've got players um, who are a bit have better leadership qualities than Ozil. Um, but Emery seems to be talking about a, a leadership five, and, and if I understood him correctly, almost numbered. So you have a first choice captain, second choice, third choice, so on. Um, and I'd definitely be putting him in the mix if you were, you know, picking five captains. That's for sure. Yeah, different places on the on, on the um, on the pitch, I suppose. And mm. finally, are you watching the Chelsea game tonight in Dublin? Uh, I'll probably... Well, it'll be um, tomorrow morning for you. It'll be about 5.30 in the morning. What, is 8 o'clock kickoff? It's 5 a.m. kickoff for us. Um, I probably won't get up for that, to be honest. I might watch a replay, um, but, you know, it's... Pre-season games are one of those things where if it suits you, yeah, good, good, go ahead, watch it. But if it's anything, um, if there's anything better to do, I won't be jumping out of my skin to watch a pre-season game. Well, Jackie's out tonight, so I'll be uh, I'll be watching it, cold beer yeah. in hand, and uh, yeah, it's hopefully in... hopefully see s- some good performances. Yeah, and, and I'll, it's funny playing them this close to like we play them in the second round of the Premier League. I think 
it's, it's, it's just a bit strange. I think both both clubs have new management. I think I would personally prefer to go in um, with them not knowing as much about how we're going to play and all that sort of thing. Obviously, they watch tapes and um, all that sort of stuff, but uh, players probably get a better feel from actually playing on the pitch against the team, I think. Um, and there's enough on there's enough on Arsenal's um, Arsenal dot com uh, various training clips. I'm sure they can get enough information from the amount of media stuff that they they, they yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, league prediction. Where do you see us finishing? Um, I, I think we can get top four. That's sort of my minimum and hope, and what I think we'll get all in one <laughs> fourth place. Yeah, I'm hoping third. Although I have. Put a sneaky tenor on them to win the league, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not spending yeah. that money too quickly. They're play, paying quite good money as well, so might be worth a worth a punt. Yeah, I got twenty to one, so I didn't think that was too bad. Yeah, well, it's twenty six to one here, so yeah, but um, your dollars aren't worth anything, are they? <laughs> it's it's a ratio. It's it's different. <laughs> I, I saw the odds for Man City were, you know, odds on favourites to win the league, so I thought that's a bit interesting. Uh, I think they'll probably concentrate on the Champions League because that's going to be the focus. I think they'll they'll still be strong contenders to win the league. Mm. Uh, Liverpool are going to be there or thereabouts, but I really hope they crash and burn. Um, and I can see Man United and Chelsea because they're in a bit of a disarray, the two of them. I, I think Chelsea will take time to build. Um, they might drop some early points, hopefully against us. Um, and I I think because of other teams... Poor setup in 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 the sense of like management structure and so on because Mourinho is doing a Mourinho again and going to get himself sacked for a load of money from Man United. Um, You've got the Abramovich situation at Chelsea. Uh, I think that could give us the opportunity to get into the top four. I think Spurs will get into the top four as well. Hopefully, we finish ahead of them, but it's not the be all and end all. It'd be just nice to fuck them all off, really, wouldn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's exciting start to the season like you just you just read out there there's plenty of different narratives for all those big teams like plenty of stories to watch and um, yeah I think it's going to be an exciting season uh, even apart from how Arsenal do I really hope the league isn't a runaway like the last season or two has been um, get like a proper title no, race going I agree. I think it's going to be an exciting one. Are you going to get over for any games? Have you done all your money in in Russia? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things. I've j- only just come back from holidays, and at the moment, my priorities are, you know, get back into work, get the finances and the the health bar back in check. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. I know yeah. that feeling. James, thank you very, very much. Um, I know it was a little bit of short notice, and I, I, we did well. We did actually mention that we'd try and get something on about the World Cup, and I wanted to get on before the season started. Otherwise, it, it type of pales into insignificance. Uh, keep keep listening, mate. Uh, keep joining in on the on the forum. Um, uh, I hope you have a, a, a good rest of your day, and uh, don't get up too early for the Arsenal tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Fergus. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Cheers, bye. So there we have it. Um, that was James in Sydney. Uh, thanks very much for listening to the show. Thank you also for earlier to Johnny, Manny and Mike. You have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. See you later. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. 
Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. 